Welcome everyone to episode 177 of G.I. Joburg. I'm your faithful host, Stephen. I'm joined by the boys. 177, Paul! And... Kujo, who just spent his entire afternoon learning how to do banner art for YouTube. And we've got a special guest this evening, fella by the name of Andrew. Folks on YouTube might know him as MCDJACDC, but most recently, he was a contributor on G.I. Joburg's Cobra Convergence vid, Element X, the subject of tonight's discussion. Hello, Andrew. Hello, what's going on, gentlemen? Pleasure to be here. And it's about time we had you on, too. It struck me the best way to deal with speaking about Element X is perhaps to get a contributor, the only contributor, who we have not yet had on the podcast. You were the natural choice, Andrew. Mm. And what led me to that even further was the fact that long before you started making Playmotion videos uh, on the YouTube channel and Facebook, you were an incredible appreciator of the kind of work that we were putting out. The kind of detail that you went into in the comments, both on Podbean and on YouTube and in our chats, just made you the natural choice, man. So we're going to hopefully talk about everyone's submissions, including your own in this podcast well thank you you guys made it really easy you guys put out amazing content oh stop it (laughs) checks in the mail and not forgetting of course that andrew has actually supplied some of the cast members for for some of these things no doubt there i would not have had a destro figure to to tie into the next video had it not been for a generous contribution from Mr. Creech. So, as I say, once again, a no-brainer to have Andrew along for the ride on episode 177. But before we get stuck into the meat of uh, Element X, and for those of you listening who don't know what I'm talking about, check out the YouTube channel. should be one of the most recent videos G.I. Joburg's put out. It is our Cobra Convergence uh, contribution, and it dropped on the 1st of August. We kicked off the whole event in a very fitting way, if I do say so myself. It was a a community kind of video for a very community-orientated initiative of Hooded Cobra Commander. But before we get stuck into that, does anyone want to address uh, a few six-inch elements in the room? (laughs) (laughs) I definitely want to um, address the six-inch elephants in the room. Should we start with a positive? Let's start with a positive. They are really, really, really cool toys. I know that I've come across as being a little on the fence um, about the the six inch drill line or the classified line as it were, but I've been on the fence, but more in favor of getting them than not. And and maybe I've I've put some serious firewalls up for myself, some serious collecting firewalls. You know, much like how I handle transformers, I like to look, but I don't touch because that's just a slippery slope. But Hasbro's making it difficult, hey? And I mean. Let's start off with, uh, I don't want to say the weakest of the bunch, but uh, let's start off with the, my, my third or fourth favorite, Beachhead. Beachhead looks incredible, and it's, and it's a character I never thought we would see in, the, in such an early wave. I thought, ah, oh, Beachhead, they'll probably do him at like wave five or six when they you know really digging deep in the bin. Come on, uh, Paul. Some- 25th anniversary, wave two. Beachhead was up there, man. No, I get that, but it's just like... I, I just didn't feel him like don't get me wrong I think Beachhead's a great character and he's awesome uh I just but having him before Flint was... or Hawk yeah yeah okay yeah yeah so that was that was where I'm coming from like and even before Lady J or or Zartan for that matter 
Um, so yeah, so Beachhead came out looking really cool, really good of them to to pop in his beret, some excellent looking gear. Wilson okay, I have a question gear. about the beret. Nice touch, but who would ever wear a beret over a balaclava? The beret would make perfect sense if he came with an alternate unmasked head, something the 25th anniversary version was was kind enough to supply, or it was a comic pack version actually, but. You get the picture. It was uh, a, a very thoughtful inclusion because, yeah, man, walking around with a ski mask on all day, come on. <laughs> that strains my believability a little bit. But then to top it off with a beret on top of a ski mask, huh? I'm scratching my head, man. Hold on, brother. You're forgetting Scar. Extreme! <laughs> you forgot. <laughs> oh, what, like Iron Claw? But Iron Claw has an imposing mask. A ski mask is its a very basic way of keeping your face warm. And anonymity, uh, I guess. Gotta have style, man. <laughs> <laughs> but here's the thing. It's actually kind of a standard... I don't want to say standard military practice, but there are a lot of militaries that do wear a belaclava and a beret. What? So I've just been... Yeah, like there's a... I've just quickly Googled no, come uh, on. beret... Paul- the ski mask is all function, and the beret is all form. Like, that thing's going to fly yeah. off uh, the second you get into some serious maneuvers, surely. See, Like, it's not realistic yeah. to, to, to imagine a combat Pick your trooper. battles, brother. Yeah, look, Flint yeah. and Falcon notwithstanding, it is not realistic for them to be running around the battlefield with a beret. And Beachhead is all about function the over battlefield. form. Yeah, exactly. Definitely, yeah. yeah. I think it might be a parade thing more than anything. Uh, because some of these guys, like, from what I can glean, very briefly glean from the internet, some of these guys look like they might be special forces and they don't want their identities to be public. But they do have a rank, and, uh, rank so maybe the, the beret den- denotes that they are the special force and the Bella Clover is for the anonymity. <laughs> and so, in other words, the beret is just for photo opportunities with Beachhead. He's like, I'm not going to give away yeah. my identity, but I'm going to show you just how, how hardcore I am. Here's my rank insignia on my beret. Exactly okay. right. <laughs> well, he is the star of many a photo op. A lot of people posting pictures of this figure, so there's that. And the other thing as well is uh, Metal Gear Solid also has... Um, Berade and Belaclavid, um clad dudes running around as well. I think it's uh, is it Peace Walker that has them? Yeah, uh, okay. Dudes, I yeah? I will yeah. withdraw my point. Clearly, there is a place for it. I just it just stumps me on a practical note. There's egg on your face, Stephen. Yeah, I know. I'll escort myself to the door. Andrew, do you have an opinion on the Belaclava <laughs> beret debate? <laughs> to me, it's just you gotta keep in mind. I guess also the fact of make believe. I mean. Obviously, we play with some toys that some are realistic. Some of them obviously are way out there, but the whole point of make believe, we make it fit. And of course, as Cujo said too, why not have some style points while you're uh, kicking the bad guy's butt around? <laughs> That's right. Nice. Okay. All right. All right. I have well and truly uh, escorted myself out by now. <laughs> Moving on, Paulie. I suppose the, the next one that is also really amazing and apparently is made out of pure gold is the Cobra Trooper. Uh, wow, this toy could have gone so many ways, and it went the right way, and very quickly. <laughs> wow. What a cool toy. Like, damn. I-, I can just imagine for collectors like yourself, Andrew, I know you're a bit of a troop builder. Uh, looking at these guys, you must be thinking, whoa, I-, I can't own less than five. Because 
firstly they're sexy secondly they come with this this uh sort of red patch so you can make a squad leader and then the others can be like non-patched guys you you could style them up differently uh guys with helmets and goggles guys with just helmet guy with just goggles you you know you can really go to town with them and then of course the the armaments i mean you got a sniper rifle here you got an assault rifle you got two handguns and a knife so you know the one guy could be like the sniper dude and then uh most of them could be assault driven and then you got the hotshot that likes to dual wield his pistols because steven loves that <laughs> but you can bang, have bang, that guy. bang baby <laughs> it's a really smart thing like I'm really impressed with Hasbro right now. Or should I say uh, Jazzwares? Because I think they're the ones who are making these figures, if I'm not mistaken. They're the ones who designed them. But damn, this is cool. Like, it's exciting. I'm, like, sitting here and I'm really excited. I'm, I've am i even asked Bart <laughs> to, like, haunt his local Walmarts and Targets. In this case, specifically Targets. Uh, to grab me one of these guys, these Cobra Troopers. Because... I want one, dude. <laughs> like, this is not even like, I want one to review for the show. It's like, I want one. <laughs> like, I want to play with one, you know? So, that's two thumbs up. What do you guys think of the Cobra Trooper? Are, are, are we happy? I cannot believe those goggles. They're incredible. This kind of serpentine eyes. And they're functional. Oh, man. Incredible to get that right. But I guess those are the advantages of the scale. To get mm. detail on a piece like that and to make it functional. Amazing. It's magic. It's real magic. And I know a lot of guys have pointed out that the guns are Nerf guns, but uh, the Cobra Trooper, he's safe in my books. His guns don't, don't offend me. I like the texturing. It has updated mm. the blue shirt from being very comic book baddie. You know, easy mm. to draw, essentially, by just being clad in a, a blue jumpsuit to having mm. so much texture work, so much detail. But I'm sure there'll be minor criticisms that come out. Uh, one thing that HCC pointed out in his overview is it seems the waist pieces on all the Wave 1 figures don't possess any paint. So any designs that start on the thighs or even the lower legs and then kind of yeah. run up to the waist piece, the paint scheme gets dropped. So... Right. By praising the textures, I might also be making a trap for my own praise because maybe those textures that bear paint on other parts of the body won't bear paint in other key parts. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it seems yeah, there's some yeah, inconsistency totally. there, like cost-cutting perhaps. But yeah. uh, beautiful, <laughs> certainly in pictures that I've seen uh, for the win, man. Anyone else got mm. an opinion on these guys? For me... It's hard to believe as much as I like to click G.I. Joe. I'm on the fence. I'm glad to see product on the shelf. I'm glad to see maybe attracting a new wave of fans. Maybe something will come of it. But as far as me collecting, I'm on pass on the six inches. I just, it's not for me. I, 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 I get Microphone drop. Everybody's like, what? <laughs> <laughs> no, like, okay, I'm a little surprised. Um, but also having seen pictures of your collection, I'm also not surprised that makes sense they're super articulate like i said I, I i don't take away from anything from what they look like and, and their quality and like i said like i said happy to see new you know gi joe product back on the shelves it's just for me what are the prices i think i saw one what are they like 30 or 40 bucks going on the shelf target has them for 19.95 i believe okay well that's not bad then. before not tax bad, then. better definitely <laughs> before tax <laughs> before the 
and of course the scalping prices if you've seen those on ebay for those that can't oh wait God. oh my goodness gracious they're just unbelievable you know you're talking like 75 bucks for a destro and i'm like no but i <laughs> guess for me uh, i kind of stop around the uh, i guess the venom versus valor kind of like it's kind of like the last i didn't collect the 25th anniversary figures uh they're neat very articulate but just i don't know there's not my gi joe i guess yeah okay no i get you absolutely Yep, yep. I get we you. are clinging to the nostalgic factor of G.I. Joe, and we have been let down by the retro collection misnomer. Mm. Yeah, no, I'm also yeah. feeling bitter about that myself. Well, we have Element X to look forward to. Exactly. <laughs> um, I'm going to reserve yeah. any comments on the Cobra Soldier at this time, but I am enjoying hearing people talk about him and seeing people take pictures of him. So... I, yeah. I agree with uh, the with Andrew that uh, but honestly before we get into Element X shouldn't we do a GI Joe shakedown on uh, MC here? Well wait there's still two more figures there's still two two more toys in this wave that we have to get oh. through. I'm saving the best one for last. And so before we get to the awesome toy let's talk about um, the one that was misnamed. So we've got a repaint of Roadblock already, which to me uh, screams more heavy duty than Roadblock. So I kind of like I look at that toy and I kind of think that's cool. Maybe it's too soon. It's like Hasbro was like, oh, I see people are upset about the Roadblock figure. You know what we have to change is his head sculpt and paint scheme, but keep the gun. People love the gun. <laughs> <laughs> Just can't get enough of those railgun blasters. Uh, yeah, but it's cool that he's got like some shades and stuff. I will not. I don't think I'll ever own this figure. I don't even want to review this figure, and that's not because I don't like Rhodey. I just think the first offering they did is much better. In fact, if anything, this Roadblock has made the first release in my eyes better. It's actually elevated their original release. But I can see why guys will dig this because it doesn't have any gold trim. Um, it's not as brightly colored. It's got a very strong militaristic kind of appeal to it. I think the thing that just kills it for me is I'm not sure what kind of camouflage he's going for on his vest. He's going for a G.I. Joe retaliation style camouflage, i.e. no camouflage at all. <laughs> Look at me. I'm the rock block. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's okay. It's it's interesting. Like It's just not my thing, and I just don't like the big star and stripes on his chest. It just looks misplaced. I think there were some big arguments with that one in, in design. So, anyway, so, you know, enough has been said about him. But then we get the Baroness. Now, long-time listeners of the show will know that I was very, very worried about this. Like, cautiously optimistic. And more emphasis on cautious. Because that face in the artwork, I didn't like. At all. And, you know, so far, a lot of the toys that come out, or a lot of these uh, classified Joes that have come out, their face sculpts have been quite faithful to the artworks. So, of course, this, you know, caused a bit of uh, concern in uh, Paul over here. But then I was pleasantly surprised with this Baroness that is just absolutely beautiful from head to toe. I love this toy. I haven't been excited for a toy like this in a long time where I, I'm actually, like, first they give us that amazing Pimp Daddy Destro, which was just, came out of the left field and it just took me. But Baroness has my heart. I love this toy. I cannot wait to get this toy. I'm going to open it. When I get it, I'm going to 
unceremoniously rip it o- open. I'm going to throw the bike in the dustbin, and <laughs> I'm going to have the coolest Baroness. Oh, oh, wait a minute. Now, wait a minute. No, you can't do that. Can you imagine the Baroness now, Pose sitting on that motorcycle? Wait a minute. You're throwing away a better half there. I'm telling you. I can find a better motorbike than that thing. I might even, I might even try to dedicate uh, a, a whole series of episodes, like how to fix Baroness's bike to not look dumb. And the first thing I'm going to remove is that front cowl. It is so ugly on the frame. It's just, it could, this, it just looks so, like, like it's not part of this toy line. I don't know. It's just it's something. It's Canada's it just, bike, man. It's got a very kind uh, Canada bike, uh, Canada uh, style to it, but it's just not quite there to be sexy for me. But how cool is it that she comes with a great helmet replacement head? Which yeah, very nice. Gives me hope. I'm very excited to see what they're going to do in the future with that, and I'm really sorry that they didn't do that with Cobra Commander. But hey, hey, we've got like a new Cobra Commander this time. He's got a cape. Okay, so I hope you've been saving your pennies. <laughs> because, oh, I hate that toy. Anyway, um, yeah, so that that is Paul's G.I. Joe Classified Series Roundup. Is this the first time we've seen Baroness with a motorcycle helmet head? Damn, it seems like yes. a no-brainer. I mean, she's been in, like, riding leathers this whole time, and it's the first time she's been given a bike and a helmet. Damn. I'm kind of a little disappointed that they didn't give her her classic briefcase. Looks at the Hasbro thing from the other day. What's it? What are that? What are those Hasbro events called? The Pulse event? Hasbro Pulse? And the guy's mm, like, oh, Baroness. Friday. Yeah. Here's Baroness with a classic briefcase. Mm-hmm. Yes, and I remember how vintage Baroness came with a briefcase. It was like the best feature. <laughs> All right, Moron. Paul. Enough throwing shade at that guy. <laughs> Clearly he's young and does not know any better. Or at least he's enthusiastic. He's I like very that. enthusiastic, slightly patronizing to us old timers, but yeah, okay, never mind. Uh, <laughs> bitter old Steve venting. I I shudder to think how dangerous Baroness might be on the road because I don't suppose she could fit her glasses underneath the visor of that trash helmet. <laughs> uh, you know she's blind without those glasses. But we are remiss, gentlemen. We are 20 minutes deep in this podcast, and we have not had a G.I. Joburg ID on Mr. Andrew Creech. Andrew, buddy, here on G.I. Joburg, you may be all too aware, we like to get an idea of our guests' preferences when it comes to the action figures and vehicles. If I was to ask you what your favorite G.I. Joe figure, Cobra figure, G.I. Joe vehicle, and Cobra vehicle was, what would be your answers? Oh, well, for Cobra, it's probably a no-brainer, but it's a close tie with another one, but definitely Copperhead uh, takes the cake with his water moccasin. Uh, the two just go hand-in-hand. Hand. Uh, of course, it was great to see him in the original cartoon series, give him a little light on both of them for a while. And of course, close second is Wild Weasel and the Rattler. I mean, that just, to me, you can't beat that for the aerial combo. So for Cobra, it's a no-brainer. G.I. Joe is a different ballpark. There's so many interesting characters with different personalities as far as vehicles i would probably have to go with the the mobit for sure oh yeah classic characters yeah the characters if i'd have just shoot from the hip i would probably just go with uh beachhead just because of his originness i mean this whole seeing things strictly of just you know black and white uh his decor to the to the military i would probably go with beachhead nice pathetic (laughs) (laughs) don't unpack 
You won't be here long. Oh, yeah, he's great. Oh, man, what a character. And what fun to script him. I've really enjoyed any time I've gotten to write a little bit of a beachhead scene because he is all business. Whereas other Joes might have more compassionate ways about them or, or more casual ways about them. Beachhead is straight down the line. We need to complete the mission. Everything else is secondary. Yeah, no, it's, it's a very it's early done character. injustice, especially with the with the Element X and actually the whole thing talking about windmill and roadblocks going on. It could be hurt. It's like, hey, this ain't a democracy. We're doing this. The mission's first. We'll look for him later. And this is why you're on the show, Andrew. You always pick up these nuggets, man. It's really, really, really appreciated the kind of detail that you take in these things with. You guys make it easy. I mean, it's just like hook, line, and sinker. In fact, I think some of the times I'll go back and I'll watch it a second time because I'm so focused on that. And then you start thinking, oh, man, that would be really cool if, you know, like this happened or, yeah, that is so whatever. Next thing I know, I've missed like, you know, 10, 15 seconds in the dialogue. <laughs> and it's like, oh, man. So then I got to go back and watch it again and focus and uh, get the rest of the story. Well, buddy, you are part of the tapestry now. Uh, the growing number of Playmotion videos. I mean, G.I. Joburg's been able to take its foot off the gas and let other people take the wheel. It's incredible up to this point how many folks have have joined these special forces on G.I. Joburg and so many mm. varied styles. I'm really proud of this thing that, that, that we seem to have started and uh, proud of Paul's initiative because all credit goes to Mr. Loebscher. He shopped this idea to me like two weeks out from the deadline for our Cobra Convergence vid. And I was like, hmm... Okay, you're gonna get contributions for like from like nine people. Uh, what if one person or two people are late? Like it could basically bring the whole thing down in a flaming wreck if that's a a key component. And you'd have to kind of very very last minute shoot around that. Yeah, just the opposite. Exactly. I prepped a plan B just in case. Everybody was going like, "Hey, have you got your? Is it done yet? Have you got yours done yet? Because you know I'm waiting to see what you do before I do mine." So it was kind of like. Just the opposite, in my opinion. Everybody was chomping at the bit, waiting to film theirs, but of course they're waiting for the person before them to get it. So they mm. think, well, at least I can kind of base it off of this, you know? Yeah. It seemed like everyone pretty much, to a lesser or greater degree, picked that weekend to do their shooting. Clearly we've got a lot of nine-to-fivers in our, in our cabal of creators. But even with everyone shooting concurrently, there was such nice handover. Uh, credits to people for like forming their own little groups and uh, chatting about how they're going to leave their video so the next person could pick it up. I, I really appreciate that kind of collaboration and, and cooperation. Paul, tell us about your process, man. Like, how did this idea come to you? Was it just a knocking? It was like the next logical step. Well, okay, so this actually started a little bit earlier this year, like quite a bit earlier. I was thinking like, what would be a cool video to do with all the special forces guys? Because you know, we sometimes we we talk about uh, doing collaborations and we've all done like sort of, you know, like uh, Troy has come to us and asked us to do some voice. And then we've like spoken about story ideas and, you know, different uh, contributors have come to us in different formats. And I was like, OK, um, but maybe we should try and find a way to like do something like that all together. And I just was waiting for a gap. And then the whole lockdown thing happened. And, you know, that lockdown was like really... You know, like it was a, it was a bit of a like a not a cool thing for a lot of people, and and then I thought like, well, you know, we couldn't like I I know that at one point we were like 
maybe we can go to you know joe fest this year kind of thing you know like there were there were these kind of chats about it last year and stuff and things like lockdown just shot that way out the window like that was just never going to happen and i was like how are we going to get ourselves how 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 can we like connect with our fans and and that is all our fans but actually more like other gi joe fans i mean that that's kind of been like the thing about gi joe book was i mean when when gi joe book originally started all the gi joe fans i ever knew or oh, people that loved gi joe was steven and uh my buddy david and you know david wasn't like actively into it and whatever's and then i met steve and then you know met rob and then we started the podcast and uh you know then guys like yourself andrew and you know dan shamansky and all of that started you know like sort of gravitating towards the podcast and we started meeting all of these people that are into gi joe so you know in south africa you you feel kind of like unless you're like into something that's really popular like uh, at the time i suppose the big thing was the spawn figures and it was like yeah it was spawn or it was anime like hot anime girl collecting or anything like that unless you weren't like into that you you didn't really feel like you were part of anything you you felt as a gi joe fan you were just very niche <laughs> like even if you mentioned gi joe to people some people just didn't even know what you're talking about and uh and i know what that felt like so when lockdown happened we were all like all over the place and i was like how can i get us together like what's a cool way to to be able to play with toys uh, and sort of get past this lockdown because we're not allowed we weren't even allowed to go we still technically are not allowed to go outside um although they have now officially opened the parks um and so i had all of these ideas to shoot footage like to to try and do stuff and go to emerentia park and do all of these cool things and that was all shot to shit so i thought hey cool you know here's an opportunity and when steven was like okay well what are we going to do for cobra convergence and I was like, I have this crazy idea. <laughs> so, <laughs> and I wanted us to reach out and see what guys would do. And, you know, let people just drop their hair and not worry about it. And that's what was, like, really awesome about these videos. I mean, and I'm going to start with, and the first person I'll mention here is is Troy. Um, purely because he he just knew exactly what he wanted to do. As in, he grabbed these kids, he grabbed some toys, and he carried on the video. He didn't care about any any kind of special effects or anything. And that's exactly what I wanted it to be. And I'm so glad that he did it that way so that the rest of the gang, the rest of us, didn't feel like, oh, we had to do major editing or anything like that. I just wanted it to purely just be a whole bunch of us getting to a park and just bringing our toys. Some of us are like strangers, some of us know each other, and we just play. And that was that's basically the backyard battles international backyard battle concept. Nice. I am gonna credit Cody, Cody Scalf. Uh, he has been masterminding a few similar initiatives over on Facebook. His work's amazing. It is incredible, and he's managed to pull a number of us into uh, making contributions. Those videos need to find release on YouTube, I think. Simply mm. for posterity, because Facebook, oh, man, things just get buried. Just get lost in the noise. And dif- yeah, yeah, difficult to find them. But uh, so, so credit where credit's due. I think I think Cody beat us all to the punch in this uh, kind of initiative. But it was it was great to get him to contribute to the international backyard because he really is a kind of a founding father of this. Like I'm gonna shoot something and then kick it over to the internet, and the internet needs exactly, to, right. you know, so, my message in a bottle needs to be picked up by the next guy. And then continued. 
very much in the vein of the broken telephone. Or what did you call it, Paul? Uh, when you artists get together and each person draws something. Oh yeah, just at the like a drawing jam, like a uh, drawing the jam. <laughs> You're such a nerd. Yeah. Drink and draw. Yeah. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Last year he started it. He did one. With, uh, I think he started out with Freefall. And it's just amazing that how many people last year on the Facebook page just started carrying on with the story. And it didn't matter, you know, what toys you've got, you know, what figures, vehicles. You could just add something. And it was just amazing how well that story went on. And it's just really neat when he'll he'll start a video and then everybody else can just put something in. It's just really neat. And, again, it's just kind of like being kids in one big neighborhood, bringing your toys out that you got. Everybody's got something different. And you can just play. It's just really neat. That's actually cool to hear that he did it as early as last year because I only ever saw it this year, like recently. Like literally, uh, I submitted the idea to Stephen. Um, Stephen sort of mentioned to me that Cody was doing something similar to that and I was check it out. And then I saw Cody and I was like, okay, cool. And it was like for me at the time, not having known about what he had done last year, it felt like, oh, collective consciousness kind of thing. But to hear that he's done it last year, that's cool. That Actually, that's even better because it makes me realize that as fans, this is the kind of stuff that we want, you know, as fans of, of G.I. Joe. You know, we want to be able to play with toys with our friends. And, and I, I, I hope um, the bigger guys are listening. And, and when I say the bigger guys, you know, the Hasbros and the Mattels and whatever's of this world. I hope <laughs> that they do listen to this kind of stuff. A South stuff, African you know? boy, he can only but dream, hey, Paulie. Only but exactly. dream. <laughs> but, um... If I had to get into the process, uh, yeah, so this might be a shocker, but I had, like, really half a plan, <laughs> okay? So, literally, when shocking. I mentioned it to Stephen... Shocking, I know, but this is how I like to operate. I'm a, I'm an improviser. Um, so, like, Stephen, like, was like, how would you do this? So, I'm like, so, as I'm telling Stephen how I'm going to do this, I'm making notes on how I'm going to do this. Like, I was thinking about when Stephen put it on the on our WhatsApp group, uh, and then I was, like, mulling things over in my head. And I was just, like, and I was just coming into these, like, elaborate, oh, I've got to make a script and stuff. And then when he asked, and Stephen has a way of, like, asking stuff, like, if you can't find a way to do it that is solid, if you cannot sell it to him, he becomes such a client. If you cannot sell it to him, it's dead. <laughs> so I was, like, fuck. <laughs> Sorry. But I was, like, oh, shit. Here we go. So, that started coming up with ideas and everything there and then and i was like okay cool 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 and then i'm like that evening i'm like okay so i've got to get this like first video out what am i gonna do how can i start this rolling how can i get the ball rolling and then i'm like ball yeah football okay cool i'll take a ball and then i'll pass it over to the next guy that that's gonna be the story vein um and then let's see what happens if it ends up being like too crazy we can just cap it off with an ending piece and and it just completes the story you know, if it ends up going in a, in a specific direction and it really works, then, you know, I might reach out to the guys again and go, hey, would you guys mind shooting another minute or whatever? And then I was like, okay, but that, that's going to get hectic. So then I just let it fly. And then you guys, it was great because I just created the message boards and everything and then invited you all there. And then all of you guys were like really like into this. You were like, I was so happy that you guys were into this because I was like really not expecting as many of us and then you guys started like collaborating and i'm just like i'm just gonna stand back and watch what you guys do okay cool cool and then rock that video and then all of a sudden you guys started getting ideas okay i'm gonna do this i'm gonna do that i'm gonna bring this vehicle 
And then I started doing the hype shots, you know, like showing you guys what toys I was going to use and whatever so that you guys could get like inspiration or something. And yeah, damn, <laughs> it was cool. It, it worked. I'm, I'm really happy it worked. Yeah, when you did yeah. your first video, I think that kind of uh, it kind of set the tone for relax. Everybody realized it wasn't a your standard, as I like to call it, Joe Berg, you know, here, here comes Hollywood, you know, hours of, you know, editing and whatnot. It was kind of like you started off with, you know, your Thunder Machine, bunch of dreadnoughts just having fun, carrying on. I think it made, especially for people like me that are completely way behind with doing any of this filming and using phones for this and purposes and whatnot, it just kind of gave us more of a relaxed feel. It's like, oh, okay, it's no big deal. If the character falls over, like, you know, Major Blood did with yours, you're like, oh, man, you know, just no time to sleep on a job. It was just really great. It's like, okay, so if, you, so if you do something like that and, you know, it, it happens, you know, just shoot from the hip with a one-liner and just keep on filming. So to me, exactly. it helped me just relax a lot, don't worry about mistakes, because Bart went before me. So I actually had uh, messaged him messenger and it's like hey it's like you know kind of worried about this what to do and he's like ah don't worry about it and of course and he's telling me all that he was going to do so and we just talked back and forth about it and of course it just it was relaxed it relaxed the tone it really said it for me no since you brought up bart we have to talk if we're going highlight reel on element x we have to talk about the curse of the bf2k yeah <laughs> Because uh, we did have a comment, I forget, is it Six Figure somebody, they said that the the Vindicator, the hovercraft, shouldn't have blown up there. Si- mm. Figure six pack, I see you. I don't think the, the, there's a curse with BF2K at all. Some people commented that it was kind of ruthless. I don't know. I think the Vindicator has been vindicated. I, I think if anybody has a license to kill Battle Force 2000 the way that he did... It's Bart. Bart is the biggest fan of Battle Force 2000. Like, I, I remember a joke one. Yeah. I mean... Now, see, I, I really like Battle Force 2000. Oh, man. Like, he liked yeah. them so much that he was actually willing to put them out there and blow them up and show off his entire Battle Force 2000 collection in ceremonious fashion, as he did. And awesome, because I don't know, honestly, I don't have that many Battle Force 2000 figures in my collection. <laughs> There's no way oh I can pull that off. <laughs> really? I lived mm. in Germany as a kid when they came out, and I hunted those down. I mean, they were the epitome of the collection at the time, but I had to have. I absolutely adored Battle Force 2000. There was something about them. The Vindicator, come on, back me up, guys. The Vindicator is not hideous. And you say that the commentator says it should have survived because, yes, it's a hovercraft and the Battle Force 2000 were being destroyed by anti-vehicle mines, right? Correct. Ah, dear. Well, the Vindicator got hit by the pulverizer being flipped. That's what killed the Vindicator. You could argue, so the mines could have bounced when they hit the ground, or they could have been magnetized. They just could have stuck to everything that was metal out there. Yeah, fine, but it was it was absolute fine. carnage. I mean, there was there was collateral damage splashed by the pulverizer getting pulverized, and I, I think that's <laughs> what took out the Vindicator ultimately. It uh, it wasn't just cruising over the um, minefield in a vacuum. Who's the pilot of the Vindicator? The pilot is uh, don't help me. Um, uh, blaster. Blaster. Okay. okay this is how it cool. went down, Bart. Dude hits a mine. 
And Blaster, in his final breath, picks up the cell phone and goes, fire Bart's ass. <laughs> That's <laughs> Sorry, <cold>. brother. <laughs> it's a... No. Hey, I'm just, you know. Uh, no, I, I hear you. I hear you. No. But, yeah, no, like... I gotta say, like, he, he actually asked me if it would be a, a cool idea, and I was like, roll with it. I actually said, if anybody's allowed to kill BF2K, it's you, and you should go for it. Uh, because, like yourself, Andrew, he was, he was like a little nervous, uh, and I'm, I hope I'm not airing any laundry out here, like, uh, but, you know, like a lot of guys were nervous. I mean, Cody and Cobra, they've done stuff before, but, uh, and yourself, Andrew, you guys have never done anything like this, and Ronald Hoff, I think he's he's found a new thing. I think he's dis- he's discovered that you can take your toys out to play with them, uh, because he has the most beautiful cobra bug I've ever seen, actually. And his pterodrome just I I just couldn't believe how clean it was. I actually thought there was something wrong with his because mine is so dirty. <laughs> and, and and it's it's cool that you guys reached out. Uh, I know you, a lot of you guys actually reached out to me personally and just asked me for like, is this okay? Is that okay? And I was like, yeah, go for it. I mean. Like, honestly, I don't care what you guys do, as long as you guys do something and you have fun doing it. That was really just what it came down to at the end of it all. In fact, I actually really want to do another one of these. I just don't know how soon. Tomorrow. And, uh, Let's get the yeah, ball tomorrow. rolling. Tomorrow. <laughs> Andrew, credit where credit's due, man. I don't think Copperhead has had a more shining representation than yours. Mm. Your mm. voice was perfect even got yeah. a positive comment from uh, from HCC788 who was in the the premiere live chat and he was like well that is the definitive copperhead voice so your love for that character really shines through and the fact that he was able to get one over on the master of disguise Zartan so cool i mean he spoke with such command and he held all the cards he was like <laughs> I've got your your siblings, uh, you know, they're they're my my prisoners or prisoners of Cobra Command, and I wouldn't take too long to to make that decision, uh, Zartan, because uh, <laughs> your brother and sister might turn green with envy. Of course, they were standing out in the sun, so they were most likely <laughs> on the verge of uh, doing a color change. Oh, dude, the scripting and the characterization was on point. So congratulations, yeah. Andrew, for a debut outing. Really, really impressed me. And also, I mean, while we while we throwing some praise at you, I really love those those shots that you did where uh, you got the Iron Grenadiers hiding by that tree and the sort of run up shots on the grass. I really really enjoyed those. They were very very cool. In fact, you'll see. I tried not to cut them too much. You know, I try to make them breathe as much as possible because I really like that. And and when I saw that, I was like, okay, Andrew's got a groove for this now. He's got it. And also, the way that you had the twins, oh, well, the twins, but the, the siblings, how they were propped up there, that was a really, really cool shot. So, I I, I encourage you to do more stuff, and uh, I, I definitely hope to see uh, more Copperhead, because, as Steven said, now, yeah, you nailed him, and you nailed him in such a way that you reminded me of one of those, you know those evil cowboys in, like, old western movies, they like, they have that, like, Texan drawl? And like how Copperhead has, well, at least that's what it sounds like to me. And you just nailed it. You just made him so sinister. It was great. You've actually, you have elevated Copperhead for me. So that, I don't know. Like, I never really appreciate the compliments, but Stevens, when he did the race last year, I think the race came out last year. That yeah. to me just, oh my goodness, man! When you did that, of course, being a big Copperhead fan, and of course him getting pretty much dominant the whole airtime of that short segment was just. 
I mean, I, you don't know how many times I have watched the race over and over <laughs> and over. And of course, on the podcast, you guys talked a little bit about it before you aired them and like uh, Cujo had brought it up and he goes, Hey, so you know, you're, you know, airing a little well-known figure, aren't you uh, Copperhead? And of course it was just like, I was like, no way you're going to do Copperhead. I was like, no. And of course, when you did that, I, oh, man, I just, like I said, I can't get enough of the race. I completely <laughs> love that series. If I ever do another Copperhead appearance, uh, you're voicing him. So you're going to be very much involved. <laughs> The death of Copperhead, then. All right, oh, fair enough. Oh, come on. Oh, dear. All right, all right, all right. We'll, we'll take our, our foot off the, the praise pedal a little bit. You said he was one of your go-tos, uh, your first favorite figures. Mine, too. But I felt like his his tank top was too limiting. Did it limit your play patterns? But to be honest with you, only friends had Copperhead. Maybe that's my fascination of why... I don't know how you guys viewed your choice, but to me, I honestly... I got ones that I liked, but at the same token, what your friend had sometimes was kind of like you were more interested in it. So like all my friends had copperheads. <laughs> I never did. I didn't get one till you know, way down the line, probably even when eBay came out. But as far as his uniform, no, I, uh, I hate to say it. I'm just going to, of course, be boastful with him. But I just, I think he's just too perfect. I just, I think it's awesome. I, I always predicted his helmet would having, you know, all the communications in there. It's, it's an air conditioned helmet, you know, it, it just or heated for whatever. It, the only thing I would worry about him is if you play with him like in a winter cold environment. Yeah, then obviously the uh, even if as tough as he is, let's be realistic. If it's cold weather and you're on a river, yeah, he's going to freeze his butt off. He's going to hide out in the uh, water moccasin for just about most of the action. Yeah, with the heating up. Yeah. <laughs> and Cooch, tell us more about uh, Cobra Security Guard. Honestly, I'm kind of tired of the sound of my voice. <laughs> I'm enjoying you guys. <laughs> I would say that Cobra Security Guard is not dead, um, and there will be like kind of a post-credit twist at some point. He he lives on. He kind of he was a nobody character that now is kind of like this uh, yokelish kind of do-gooder. I don't know, but. Uh, no, I think just like uh, Andrew gave Copperhead, who's now a character that people want to see more of, we'll see if Cobra Security pops up. Who knows? So, he should. He's awesome. And then you can't forget uh, his sidekick, Kuda. That was too awesome. <laughs> that was great. That killed me. The reveal. That killed me. I actually had to do a double take. I was like, he's got a what? <laughs> yeah. Exactly. It's like, he's got what? Kuda's like, it's like, what you think, Kuda? And it was like, oh, man, here we go. That definitely, in my opinion, marks the best use of that Barracuda. Because as much as I love um, the, um, uh, I wanted to call it a cesspool. Uh, as much as I love Undertow, thank you. Uh, yeah, you know, I love it so much I can't remember the name. Yeah, nice one, Paul. I dig that toy so much, but I never knew what to do with the Barracuda when I had it. Because I, I got it long ago when I was a kid as well. And it was just, it is still a great toy. But I would be like, what am I doing with this Barracuda? Does he like have a psychic connection to it? <laughs> what is the thing, you know? I think I still even have my original Barracuda lying around in a toy box somewhere because, yeah. <laughs> ah, you're undermining but... your favorite diver there, Paulie. Because, I mean, you, you and I have had this debate before. You're a fan or a proponent of Undertow. For me, it's the Hydra Viper. Hydra Viper. And I always yeah. use that Devil Ray, man. Like, I, I, I saw Aliens... And then I knew, this is a face hugger. <laughs> <laughs> he sicks that Pretty thing dark. onto people's faces and it paralyzes them. 
Hey, in all fairness, uh, I didn't know what a Barracuda was until I got that toy, and then I realized they're pretty badass, like, in real life. I mean, they I ain't I like facehuggers, dude. No, they, they ain't, but they mean. That. Yeah, no, they they horrible, but yeah. Oof. Speaking of underwater hijinks, we have another entry into the uh, G.I. Joburg Playmotion GoPro underwater photography with Mr. Hoff. Mr. Ronald Hoff mm. from the Netherlands uh, just speaks to the multinational nature of this video. It was filmed in Europe, the Americas, Australia, Africa. We just need to add Asia to the list. Mm, we've got some yeah. friends out that way. Maybe we can uh, increase our submissions a little bit. Mr. Kalupitan. But uh, Ronald did a fantastic job. And out of all the segments, I almost wish we had longer. He managed to cram mm. a lot of story into a very short span of time. I mean, the guideline was two to three minutes. And amazingly, everyone stuck very faithfully to that time limit. But uh, a submarine battle between the shark and the bug. As with submarine battles, it almost needs a more sedate pace and a uh, more of a, a cat and mouse, hunter stalking prey kind of battle. Always liked that about submarine movies or naval movies. There was a kind of a, a, a tension to it. And a lot of, like, interior shots and a lot of holding on the characters and, like, torpedoes passing painfully close. <laughs> Agonizingly. E8. Yeah, yeah. Stuff like that. But it was a very um, energy-charged, uh, driven section. Kept the pace up. Nice, nice, nice work. Yeah. yeah I like how he did two videos. His first, the other one, the first one he did, his kind of his rough draft, was really great. Gave me completely what I needed to do the next one because for at least the Cobra because it went obviously him, Bart, and me. But as far as just the Cobra side of it, it was great. He just showed you what he was going to do. He was doing the action stuff and I just thought it was amazing. So you could, it was good with him, not even with the edits. And then of course you can only imagine obviously and like it was with the edits, just how amazing it was, especially like you said, with how clean that Cobra bug was. This is a wow. Mm. It's that Dutch precision, man. Not only did he shoot some very clean toys with some very clean footage, he also tended a fully typed-up script (laughs) with dialogue and major plot points all written out. So, I mean, credit to the man. He put in... Put in some great work. You put in the hours. Yep. My favorite scene in that whole video, it, it might seem a little bit weird, but you guys should actually check it out because it's a blink or you'll miss it moment. But uh, he's got a friend helping him, and uh, it's sort of just the shark just pops out of the water um, to to dive uh, to jump over the uh, cobra bug. And you'll actually see his friend in the background. Uh, he's like looking up, and he's like got this big smile on his face. But you can see he's making the sound effects with his mouth. Oh, amazing. It's Good. so cool. Like, oh, I love that. I was like, it was just such a heartwarming moment when I saw that. I was like, yes! <laughs> mm. Nobody's shooting this in silence, you know? I mean, even, like, <laughs> I mean, it's just going to sound funny, but when I was shooting mine, my dad sort of, like, walks outside because he wants to see what I'm up to. And he's, like, looking at this. And I kind of find that my sound effects went from... to. Holy, did you feel inhibited, my brother? I did hey, feel a little inhibited. Well, you've opened your Playmotion account in a big way. Because I think I think it was very telling that on the... Um, was it a WhatsApp group? Basically, there were a few comments saying, like, I'm getting some strange looks from the neighbors. And I love that. I mean, mm. I've always endeavored with these videos to take the toys out of doors. 
And so I, I've been able to kind of bust my my Steve plays with toys publicly cherry a long time ago. But it's really funny or fun for me to see other people encountering the same phenomenon of uh, nosy neighbors and and maybe even one or two interested dogs. <laughs> <laughs> you you very quickly gather up all your toys when a dog comes, you know, bounding up yeah. to you and has a little good old sniff and an inspection. Yeah, jeez, because that's the last <laughs> thing you want is like Rover to take your bug for a walk. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Jeez. Before we get too far away from the sub talk, you know what still gives me anxiety? There's this movie called Ice Station Zebra, and they have these outro takes. When the show goes underwater, you go with it with the camera, and oh, Christ. <laughs> the water just kind of swallows you up, and you're like, dear God. Freezing cold water. Oof. Yeah, man. That's an old movie. Deep cut for the old timers. So, nice. Paul, you enjoyed uh, Ronald's assistant. I really enjoyed little Johannes, uh, Troy Smith's kid, who, with such glee and energy, that, that oh, mamba so attack pod just blasted <laughs> off. I mean, wow, that thing went from zero to 300 miles per hour um, in seconds, or in, in a split second. I guess the, the Techno Viper must have really gotten uh, plastered into his, his seat by then. Um, but yeah, just the the enthusiasm that that kid has, it's pretty infectious and really got us off to the right start. Yeah, so Troy had a line that I liked, and I don't know if it was just timing or if it was planned, but if that you said that was his uh, that was his son, correct? Yes, that's right. When he had the uh, when Windmill was chasing him, and of course it was he was talking about shooting on the pod. He's like, "Well, that little tyke's not going to get away from me." And I thought it was just too cute because obviously his son being little. And having that pod, and he was chasing him. So I don't know if it was just perfectly timed, or if he had meant it to say that. But it was just to me. I thought I just thought it was just too cute. His, his son with the pod running away from him, and then of course, he, I think between him and his daughter would switch out who had the uh, the locust. Yeah, it's, I'm glad you draw attention to that. That is a great little scripting nod to the fact that there is literally a little tyke running around with this awesome vintage toy. Very nice. Two so far unsung heroes of the Playmotion endeavor, Cody and Corey. <laughs> nice yes. that those guys got to hand over to one another. And that generated like some of my favorite 1v1 combats. I mean, with Corey's, you've got Boa versus Destro. And then with Cody's, you've got Boa versus Slaughter. Uh, I mean, for a lot of people, that turned into an absolute high point of the film. Yeah, like I, I, I gotta say, I'm, I'm so lucky that when I made the list, and I, and I mean this, lucky. Like I didn't plan this, you know, too hard when I made the list of everybody's names, but um, those two were like next to each other, and they were in the middle, and uh, when they, when they did their submission, when I actually saw them, and I was like, oh my word. So if anybody like sort of trails off while watching this, this is gonna bring them right back in, you know, because I didn't know like what was coming, you know, how it was gonna go down. And so I was like, "Yep, Sergeant Slaughter smashing up Big Boa. That's gonna that's gonna help things. And then Big Boa on Destro's despoiler. That's gonna be a great action. And if that doesn't get you in, Norga Hyde's singing is just the best. <laughs> I had oh kills me. I love it so much. He was I actually complimented him, and he's like, "Should I take it out?" I'm like, "Oh, please don't." <laughs> nice one, Corbs. Love that eel. Ah, oh, shut up. <laughs> I love it. 
it's so cool it's actually something i wish we would ha have more comments on um in the in the on the videos like i would I'd love it if people more people commented on that because it's so well, great it like, did get a, a nod from old hoodie he's a fan mm. of that song himself yeah man that's a good song man and they hand over so well clearly mm. these two gentlemen collaborated nicely kind of outside of group chats because mm. the bug is in hot pursuit after the demon and then seamlessly you cut from one person's video to the next that pursuit is is still ongoing something that absolutely needs to have a, a lantern hung on it is how uncanny cody's uh destro impersonation is to the original arthur burghart yeah hey, what is going on man the dude has an ear for accent work and for impersonations. He's very right. talented. Yeah, true. On uh, Cody's Facebook, uh, Stephen, you made a comment on it well too, and you tagged Paul in it. Was it Cobra or was it Cody that did the screen with the pterodrome of like where they were watching the um, the mercenaries, the raw eye out there? One of them did that where they actually showed Cobra Commander looking at the screen, but then they actually had the screen playing a video as well too. Wow. <laughs> I'm going to have to look over the socials. I, I don't actually recall that. In fact, you still, in fact, Stephen, you were like, well, 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 look at here. And you tagged Paul in it as well, too. It was either Cobra or Cody, and it was amazing. Yes, okay, I think I think this just preceded the um, International Backyard Initiative, and uh, it was Cody. He wanted to start up a, a plot line. That's it, yes. over on Facebook. Correct. Yes. So it was like it was that yeah. it was in the waters, man. Great ideas tend to, to to happen in multiples. Good old Edison and Tesla, <laughs> that sort of thing. Yeah. Like I got a question now, and it it actually refers to the demon. Is the despoiler meant to mount on that portion of the demon? Like, is that actually a feature? Yes, it is. Wow, I need a demon in my life. I mean, you've gone like, thirty six years without knowing that, Paul. <laughs> I really did. You know what? I, I I can't help but think that I did know that and I just forgot it, because I'm sure somebody mentioned that to me. But I just saw that and I was just like, oh my word, that is so cool. This actually makes like I've always thought the demon was pretty decent anyway. But like now I really want one, and it's not such it's not a big vehicle either, which is cool. So look, I I personally think that it's a ridiculous design choice, but it's nice that there is some. Um some sort of symbiosis between the vehicles like they do mm. interact with each other that's something we could stand to see a lot more of in gi joe it's it's always exciting when they do um yeah maybe it was totally. destro's way of kind of emulating what the future fortress did laughably <laughs> 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 but i mean it, just a, like doesn't it make the demon way too top heavy oh, it probably like it just does, has a very high center of gravity i just think Wow, I wouldn't want to be riding on top of that thing in the despoiler, particularly when it raises up, you know, the, when the demon kind of gathers yeah. its treads. The danger of that thing tilting forward, frightening. It's no wonder Destro took to the sky. Let's see, boa, if you can fly. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. No, but Amazing. that's the thing. I love it so much because... Uh, when the Power Ranger toys came out, uh, I got the Dragon Zord and David got the Megazord. And that was one of the coolest features, is that you could put the Dragon Zord over the Megazord, and then you got that, I think it's called the Gigantosword, or something like that, where you, can you put... Wear, wear a Dragon Zord coat over your Megazord. Yeah, 
Yeah, and then you put the Megazord on that like Brachiosaurus thing, and then it's just like, oh my god, that's like amazing. That's it's Titanus. Just, no, Titanic. Yeah, Titanus or Titanicus or whatever it's called. Oh, that was so cool. Like I love that, and the fact that like I'm seeing some of these things pop up in GI Joe just makes me super happy. Like, nice. You know, just the fact that it does that. Like even though it doesn't do it well or it isn't you know particularly cool, but it's just awesome. <laughs> it's just yep. awesome that it does it. You know. Speaking uh, of popping up in G.I. Joe, where did you get the uh, T-Rex idea for the uh, Terradrome scene? Oh, yeah. So uh, I was like, I'm going to put a dinosaur in this thing. That was that was actually the only plan I had in this whole thing. I was like, somehow I'm putting one of my T-Rexes in this. And then for that final scene, I was like, I, originally it wasn't Crystal Ball that kills that uh, Techno Viper. It was actually, uh, I, I think I had scripted it to be Firefly or something. But then I was like, oh, but a Crimson God killing Firefly is lame. Um, so I was like, okay, I, I need it to be like somebody who is kind of got, got a special power, but it's not necessarily a combatant. And so I was like, okay, well, you know, I've got this dude running through these, these corridors. And initially, one of the ideas was to trip him, was to like have like Storm Shadow against the wall, like putting out his little leg and then the dude bails and then gets stabbed but then i was like no 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 i can do crystal ball like i can you know crystal ball messes with people's heads so this guy's seeing this t-rex and he's like freaking out there isn't really a t-rex there but to him there is and he's like whoa and then i made him back uh, back up into being stabbed and i was like cool <laughs> and i even like try to throw in a bit of a metal gear reference there as well like a <laughs> <Kind of>. <laughs> <laughs> so that's what sound effect was Right. I wanted to uh, certainly uh, appreciate you taking it easy on Copperhead with the uh, with the kill. He definitely didn't get pogoed, so I certainly appreciate that. And then with the pogo kill for the Iron Grenadier, I was going to say I definitely think if people watch that, the price of pogos will at least go up a dollar on eBay, at least a dollar. I hope so. I hope so because <laughs> like that that was another thing. I I also didn't intend on using the pogo, and then. Um, I went and shot that footage. I actually initially just shot the footage of the dude running. And I was like, oh, wait, hold on. I'm not going to kill him with a sniper because then I have to have another running shot. And that's going to be boring. So let me, let me like drop the action. And then, yeah, well, I literally dropped <laughs> the action on him. <laughs> well, if you go copperhead that way, I have to look at him and go, we live yet another day, my friend. Maybe someday <laughs> we'll get glory. <laughs> Although, I, I gotta admit, uh, Copperhead's death, I mean, like, I don't know if he's really dead, but I mean, in that little Element X universe, yeah, I mean, all of the best guys did take one to, for the team. So, well, some of the best guys. Not conclusive. What What is it that Bart said we should have done a, a kill score at the end of it all? You know, <laughs> so basically the whole Battle Force 2000. Yeah, I fear, <laughs> thanks to Bart, G.I. Joe definitely came out second or third however you want to count the factions yeah big time and that was that was actually like also something i was hoping would happen because it's cobra convergence and it was the whole make everything blue thing it's like yeah i think cobra should win this one (laughs) so definitely a nice uh, a nice kind of handover to the rest of the contributors uh in a kind of a marcellus wallace's briefcase moment (laughs) Uh, Cobra Commander reveals what Element X is, and it's actually just, I suppose, the notion of Cobra Convergence. Convergence, yeah. Yeah. It's a big glowy thing. <laughs> uh, there, there were ideas of making it uh, a Transformers GI Joe crossover. 
there were there were ideas there <laughs> uh, that they didn't go through i was worried about setting that precedent it's nice know? keeping it abstract i mean there's been some very gritty realistic combat to that point but the MacGuffin, as with all MacGuffins, it is an abstract idea. It's of essential importance to everyone other than the audience. Exactly. That's, yep. And that's one of the things that made Pulp Fiction so good. So, mm-hmm. yeah. so guys, I, I think we've, we've definitely chinwagged quite a bit about Element X. And I was wondering, has anybody got any new toys? You know, of oh, course, when Paul asks, yeah. just because he's got something. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I haven't really spoken about my new toys, and I, I don't think I'm going to sink my teeth into them just yet. Seems there are other people champing at the bit. Andrew, how about you, sir? Uh, all the typical ones I post on eBay. I don't see, I guess they're new to me. I mean, obviously, they're vintage. I still collect those. But I sent a couple of y'all the pictures of the uh, True Force and uh, Corpse Elite, those helicopters they've done. Uh, I had a couple of them repainted. I just got a couple more in from an individual cyber crow customs he has a facebook page big gi joe guy in fact he sells a lot of his evidently of his customs at the uh, joe fest so if you get a chance whoever's listening check out his facebook page uh, you may already seen him on i think it's uh outcast customs i think he's done some on there as well as for his work but i'm gonna send a couple of pictures to uh hcc 78 for his cobra convergence for some still shots of them so be looking forward to those but this guy is really good on his artwork and whatever you want as far as a custom. If you want lights on it, you want it to make sounds, you want whatever. I mean, this guy is really, really good. And he's pretty decent on his price, too. Excellent work. I've taken a look at it firsthand and, well, digitally firsthand. And it's gorgeous. An incredible purple paint job to a, a, a transport helicopter. So it'll fit seamlessly in with the fang twos and the mambas and the mamba yeah. beautiful he, he paint matched it incredibly and the fact that it has electronics oh icing uh-huh. on the cake man well, that was your idea i had no idea i was gonna go with blue and then you said hey man what about purple and i was like purple then you're like after you explained it i was like yeah you know what that's pretty good yeah i think purple is good and i'm glad i went with it because when i got it it was just unbelievable pops dude it pops so yeah, please do pop, pop, post pop. up the pictures. Uh, I think I think the internet really needs to see your transport helicopters, Andrew. Certainly will. I'm pretty lots better at taking still pictures than videos, so uh, that'll be a lot easier. More in my ballpark. Hey man, you're just starting out. The world's your oyster, buddy. Never say never. That's right. So what'd you get, Paul? Ah, oh, I got a from a local seller. I found a version one Destro, which was actually. It's been played with, it's got some play wear, but the chrome is actually pretty good. Like, there's no chipping or anything on the chrome. Yeah, the, the toy is actually in really good condition, except for having the wrong torso, or having the wrong waist, should I say, the wrong crotch. I think that the previous owner uh, had broken the crotch and really loved the figure enough to fix it up. And he's used black marker to color in whatever this was before to make it, you know, Destro spec. And it's actually um, something now... Uh, that I'm doing, I want to do like a, a restoration video on it, just where I clean it and paint it up a little bit, because it's got a lot of paint wear, like uh, on his necklace, and there's some sk- uh, chipping on the skin, and the, you know, the typical stuff that happens to that Destro, the red rockets sort of get like worn off over time, and so it, it's it was a little bit of a project uh, project purchase, but also like a, I don't own that Destro, and I can't believe I don't have that Destro purchase, and it was reasonably cheap, so. 
I'm very happy and it's a really great toy. Like I've seen Stevens a few times and I've always been like, yeah, this is great. But I think when you actually own your own version one Destro, you really do appreciate what makes that toy so special. You know, it has uh, that that cold, hard grimace, the sculpting that goes into everything. I can't speak of the waist right now, but the sculpting on everything else, it's it's a really great toy. It's the other other almost completely black figure you know from the early releases i mean of course you have snake eyes and baroness and destro so it's a great toy i'm really 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 happy i I got it but other than him no nothing else new joe wise i'm just waiting for bbts to restock on the rest of the first wave of the classified series so they can send it my way and yes i shamefully pre-ordered a pair of gi joe sunglasses for myself because kirk bazigian had them and I thought they were really, really awesome, and they're definitely the kind of glasses that I like to wear. And I was like, it would be great to own a pair of sunglasses that cost more than $10, so why not? So I got myself a pair of those. <laughs> so and that, that'll that all ship, hopefully, when my classified stuff does. Cujo and oh, Steve, you guys got anything cool? I got a tomahawk Yay! some weeks back, but it did arrive, and uh, I hyped this on a G.I. Joburg episode uh, just before its arrival. I got a whole bunch of stuff that week, and I released a YouTube video for that, so check out the Beach Blast unboxing if you'd like to see more. Cody gave you the hookup. Cody did indeed. Featured some of his action figures in my contribution to International Backyard as well, so I am very, very grateful. Low light. <laughs> I, I, I don't know what I would have done without all those forces. Um, it would have been a very much more intimate kind of story, maybe a dialogue between two or three figures. <laughs> but uh, fortunately, you were all spared that horrible fate. The Tomahawk was a little bit soured from being the kind of emotional uh, experience that I wanted it to be. It was a local seller which I expected to then save on shipping. But the shipping wound up being exorbitant, and I found out exactly why. The box this guy shipped it in, you could have fitted four Tomahawks, at least, inside. So it was just a case of, like, inexperienced seller perhaps being a little bit too careful. There is such a thing as being too careful. But, you know, you quickly kind of dry your eyes about the, the cost of the damn thing, and you get into the fact that it is an immaculately well-looked-after tomahawk. Much better than my initial tomahawk back in SA. It's clean, dude. Almost prohibitively clean. Uh, I don't want to play with it too much. It's so clean. No. But it had an interesting melody, which I needed to correct straight out of the uh, the unpacking. And that's the fact that the two body halves, which are factory glued, or they should be, had started separating at the back. Oh, wow. To the point where the loading ramp in the back wouldn't clip shut because it wasn't making enough contact because the two halves were starting to pull apart. So it just kind of very loosely uh, swung in and out. So I, I put a little dab of super glue, held that thing shut, and it has healed up amicably well. I've also done a repair job on a broken propeller blade, uh, put a little plastic strip underneath it very discreetly and glued the two halves together. Uh, looks good. And I did my typical thing with Tomahawks because anyone who knows uh, a thing or two about the dual rotor blade or dual blade, you know, rotor shaft types of helicopters like the Chinook and what is it, the, the Sea Knight? The helicopter that the Tomahawk is based on. 
you know that those two shafts don't rotate in the same direction. The one's going to be clockwise and the other's going to be counterclockwise. So why would you face your blades all one direction? So I always take whichever blades are the most saggy, I reverse them and put them on the rear shaft. Anyways, overly technical way of saying that uh, this thing spins like a dream. Uh, none of the blades intersect and, and, and knock into each other. So I'm very, very happy with my tomahawk. Until they run into a Cobra Law salad shooter. Um. <laughs> Gentlemen, I've got to make my merry way out the door. I'm seeing a girl about a job. <laughs> Been cool. in Australia almost five months. This is the first little look-in I've had in terms of employment. Delightful. But that's COVID for you, I guess. I hope uh, it's something uh, related to your skill set. Uh, it's not <laughs> at all. And that's kind oh. of a nice break, I guess. Okay. I'm chained to a desk far too often during lockdown. Uh, this is something physical, something very basic. But here in Australia, even the basic jobs earn a decent wage. So I'm all too happy as the immigrant um, to be packing groceries, man. Rub it okay. Cool. <laughs> Let me wrap. Let me wrap with this. Uh... No, it, it was, uh, as much as I break balls, it was an honor to team up with all you legends. This, this podcast was basically for like 10 people. But uh, I, I can't hear uh, Andrew's voice anymore without seeing Copperhead. And uh, if I read comments right, uh, thank you for your service, Andrew. And uh, yeah, it's was, it was, uh, nice chatting with you guys. Me too. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah, and thanks thanks for joining us, Andrew. It was really awesome to to have you on the show, finally. I mean, you've, you've been in the show in spirit and many times, you know this, but it's nice to have you here in person, so to speak. As with all guest appearances on G.I. Joburg, the door is always on a revolve, Andrew. So anytime you have a burning issue you want to chat with us about, just ask. I certainly appreciate it. Fantastic, man. We'd love to have you. All right. I definitely want to shout out real quick before we go to Cody and to Troy. I know they've mentioned me on your show and your podcast before. So I just really wanted to send a shout out back to them to say thank you for the mention and that those guys do great work. And I wanted to send a shot back out to them. Good awesome. man. I'm going to piggyback on his shout, uh, shout out with a, uh, to a voice that I haven't heard on the show in a long time. And it's going to sound like this. Danchemansky, where are you? Danchemansky, <laughs> where are you? I miss your letters, dude. Um, uh, like I haven't seen him online or anything in a while. I've sort of seen him pop up here and there, but, uh, Quality Joes, man. Like well, Richard qu and Quality Joes is on the G.I. Joburg group in the... What is it? The Fight Against Cobra? Again, yes. yeah. The mobile app, yeah. And I must yeah. say, Andrew, you do particularly well in that uh, game. Uh, you need to coach <laughs> me, man. Damn, I, think everybody, uh, I think everybody should stop playing, and I, and I haven't. So I think that's the only reason why it looks that way. Well, <laughs> I, I appreciate your persistence, man. It, it definitely helps G.I. Joburg as a group climb up uh, the ranking ladder. <laughs> now, I gave up when I couldn't get a Mamba. I was so upset. I was just like, enough. You know, can't have any more in my life. They teased me, man. I got a Skystorm in the like the, the opening mission, and then yeah. impossible to get the damn thing since. So I'm like, ah, oh, man, I just want to play with the toys. I don't want the, the hard work of getting it. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Exactly. And that's how they get you. That's how they get you. That's that's the whole thing. It's a, it's a glorified uh, slot machine, but hey... Alright, gentlemen, this has been episode 177 of G.I. Joburg, International Backyard, and we are out. Berg. Later. <laughs> Later, dudes.